Good morning. Um, I promise that we're not changing religions or anything like that. Core doesn't stand for. I think somebody said, "Are we going to? Are we turning into an Irish um, band?" The Cores. We're not. We're not. All it stands for is core values, and and we're just taking time this morning to celebrate who we are as a family, and and really the essence of that. The core values are not necessarily what we're going to be doing, but much more how we're going to do whatever it is that we're going to do. Each one of us is so, we've been talking about personal calling, personal gifting, that each and every one of us has been mantled with a specific, unique thing that is so powerful. And I think one of the things, we can diminish the power of the call of God's life on each one of us. And we're wanting to encourage you with every, everything that we have, that your tomorrow has arrived today, that you can step into the fullness of what God has called you to the, to the fullest degree. Do we have a big amen to that? And so what we're doing, this isn't a, a deviation from that. This is a continuation of that. So when we're talking about our core values, before we start, you know, passionately pursuing God to the fullest, I think it's going to be really helpful to have some North Stars to say what is the most important thing that we're going to do in the way that we're going to do it and how we're going to do it. And I don't think there's going to be anything new for anyone this morning. This is not revolutionary in the concept, but it's so important that we challenge and hold a standard for ourselves in the way that we're going to do these things. And one of the reasons the kids are in here, so kids, listen up. We're listening good? This is not just for the adults. We are truly family, and we think, and I mean, you guys are so powerful in the things that you guys are going to do. I mean, truly, you might not know what that means yet, but God has a call on every single one of your lives. And the way that we do things is so important. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Core values, core, who are we? And, um, and the idea of this comes off of the Conway fridge. Um, there's, there's a piece of it. On their fridge, they have one of our core values. I won't spill the beans yet because we want you to see each of them as they come. But they have one of them, and it literally says on their fridge, in our family, we do this. So this is a, this is a family journey that we're taking, saying in our family, this is who we want to be like. Um, and again, this isn't necessarily what we're going to do, but how we're going to do those things. And so we're, we have a celebration feel this morning. Because it's so important to celebrate who we are as family in all of our diversity and all of our different things that we're going to do. And so I'm going to go ahead. Juhan, you can throw up the first slide. The first core value that Juhan is going to get up there in a moment is called, and this is the th- one that I think underlies all of the rest of the values that I think we, we hold really near and dear. And I don't think this is going to come a surprise to anyone, but it's we highly value people. We, can we all say that? We highly value people. It doesn't necessarily matter what we do. We can go and I love first Corinthians 13. Do you know how it starts off? You can speak in tongues, but you can just be a, if you have not love, you're just a loud noise. You can have faith to move mountains. You can, it says you can give away everything that you have. You can give up your body to be burned, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. I was, I was I mean, I know we've heard that verse every wedding we've been to, and but let that seep into that if we don't have love, we have nothing. I was so struck by, man, if I saw somebody moving mountains, I would be, that's, that's where it's happening. I, I, but it says so specifically, if you have faith to move mountains, but you have love, you have nothing. And so 
that's something that is the heart of, I think, we highly value people, that we're recognizing no matter how much God is moving in us, how many ministries can you think of of people that have gone so far and, and even personal callings, but there's just been a moral failing or there's been something that hasn't lasted this, the test of time. And we would seek to to say that they've, they've heard the call of God on their lives. We've been talking about that, stirring it up, boldly pursuing what God has for you. But if we don't have beacons, north stars that we can continually keep going back to that encourage us, that's what we're, our core values represents, that we highly value people. And you'll see the rest of the core values probably illustrate that to some degree. And we have a verse associated with each of our values. The verse for we highly value people is a new commandment I have for you, that you love one another as I have loved you. The commandment isn't to love one another in the best of our ability. The commandment is to love as who? As he has loved us. So that's the challenge that we're putting out there. That's the challenge that even sometimes when we feel um, somebody might be distracting, that we still love them through it. It can be all sorts of things. So we highly value people. And that's, that's the heart of this morning is that we highly value people and that we want to celebrate who we are as a family. And so we're going to have some illustrations if we can. Um, different activities after each one. We're going to go quickly. We're not going to be here long. We just want to introduce these in a, in a fun way. We're having the kids participate. The youth are going to do something. At the end, we'll have a little bit of cake. But but it is, it's not just to celebrate, but it's really to recognize we're really after the way that we do things is so significant as well. Amen? So the first thing, I'm going to make you all very uncomfortable. Um, not really. Just find one person. It can be your spouse. You can be really safe. Um, but if somebody's alone, just put your hand up. I'll come talk to you. Um, but just talk to them about somebody that you highly value and why. So kids, I want you to do it. Somebody that you highly value and why. We're getting the juices flowing. What does highly valuing even mean? Okay, 10 seconds. This is a quick exercise that. Sit, talk to one person. Why you highly value them? You know, in a family, people talk to each other. That's, that's why we're talking to one another, because we're family. It's not necessarily we're just a church that come and gather in a religious sense, but we talk to one another. Amen? Okay, I promise I won't make you talk to each other again. You don't have to say another word. Okay? So, we highly value people. So, what we're going to do is we're going to fly through the rest of these, not at the expense of going too fast, but we really want to just take time for each one. So, what is the first one, all together? Do we think that's important? Yes, I think that's, I mean, if somebody says no, then, you know, we're going to highly value them through that, I think. Um, so the next one we're going to introduce is going to be Mr. Peter Muller. Thank you, Jesse. Gosh, it was a good time this morning, wasn't it? So glad I charged my um, heart monitor rate before I came this morning. It would have been a bit challenging otherwise. So the second one we're looking at is, uh, you'll see on the back of your card there, is Philippians 2. Verse 3, and it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Now, what it's really talking about, it's talking about honor. We can honor the music team this morning for the fantastic job they did. We can honor God for how he's worked in our lives. But we can honor one another. Um, But honor is a bit of an old-fashioned word, isn't it? You know, when I was a young person back in the Jurassic Age, um, people like policemen were feared, doctors were respected, teachers knew everything. Well, they didn't at my school, but they're supposed to have done. And uh, politicians tr- told the truth mostly. But the dictionary meaning 
of honor is to highly respect, to give great esteem or regard with great respect. And 2015 is a year in which we remember a hundred years ago and we give honor to the men and women who made it possible for us to speak English today. You know, they, they fought on our behalf in foreign lands. They gave them their lives up and we honor them for what their sacrifice and what they did for us so we can stand here today. So honor is a bit, is, it's a word a little bit like love. It's changed with its meaning over the years. But I want us to go back to that root that is to, to regard with great respect. Romans 12 verse 3 gives us great insight into that meaning of that word and that place of honor. I love how different translations bring it out. The, the North Island version puts it this way. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The, uh, the New Living Translation puts it this way, or maybe it's a New Loving Translation, puts it this way, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Isn't that cool? Take delight. It's a bit like what he's saying today, we pour out our love. It's not just saying we, 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 you know, we give it a little bit, we pour it out. And this is says it takes delight. You know, it's an action. It's something we can do. And the message puts it this way. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. In other words, you know, we're not thinking of ourselves more highly than others. We're, we're, we're thinking of them more than we think of ourselves. There are many biblical instances where honor uh, is talked about. You know, we're told to honor the, those who are in government and authority. We're told to honor those who care for God's people. We're told to honor the employee or the employer, you know, both works both ways, doesn't it? Honor our marriage. If you're married, if you're not married, hold someone's hand next to you and, you know, see what God might do there, right? <laughs> but we're also told to honor our parents, aren't we? Honoring others, however, does go against the natural instinct you know, it really is countercultural to the way that we're made. We're told, we're brought up to look after ourselves. We're told to look after number one, make sure number one gets everything. Um, it's, it's a human, it's something about our humanity that wants to put ourselves first, to live for ourselves, to live in the moment, and only do the things that will give us a good return on investment. In other words, is it worth my time? Is it worth my energy? Is it worth my money? And if it is, it's okay. If it isn't, then don't do it. But to be Christ-like in our relationships is something about learning to honor, to esteem others more than ourselves, of regardless of what the benefits are to us. You see, it doesn't say that we're not to honor ourselves, but it says we're to honor others more than ourselves. A bit like you've got to love yourself before you can love others. So when you honor yourself, then you've got the freedom and the uh, understanding and the ability to honor others greater, more so. What we're saying then is that when we honor others, we recognize the handprint of God on their lives, that they have been created in the image of God, and as such, his DNA is imprinted in their lives, and it reveals their true value and worth. What a good reason. What a good reason to honor others above ourselves. We've got a little video clip that may show you or may reveal, perhaps it might challenge 
some of the perspectives that we have and the judgment calls that we make when it comes to honoring others. Thank you. Before you play the video, just a quick description of it. These people that you're going to see can't see one another. They're brought into a room. They've never met one another, and so they've been brought into this room, and it's, it's dark, but there's infrared cameras so that we can see them. So go ahead and check it out. Wow. Don't judge a book by its cover, eh? And uh, it's really important that it's amongst the people that we know. Have, uh, have we got preconceived ideas of how they are? But I'll leave that with that. Third core value that we're wanting to talk about today is in our, va- in our family, we are quick to forgive. And I'd like to approach this from the point of view of, of answering an interview, that somebody asked me the question, what is it about CFUH that makes them a wee bit different? And this is the answer that I would love to be able to give them. Well, they're actually a community who really care about each other, who have chosen to live according to the scripture, whatever things are true, are true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and anything praiseworthy, they meditate on these things. So as a people, they aspire to rise above the sort of guttery and low levels of life. They steer themselves away from gossip and titivating news. You don't hear them bragging or bagging others' faults or talking sarcastically or derogatively about them. And when they come across conversations like that, they shut them down quickly. They don't have a judgmental spirit, or if they have, they're working very hard to get rid of it. They are very aware that these things bring hurt and offence, not, not interested in the petty. They know, this people at CFUH, that to forgive others is an instruction that Jesus has given, and it is one of the ways to freedom, to peace, and to joy. If they offend someone, they've got the guts to apologise and to seek to restore, and they seek to do this quickly. They don't sit back and say, I'm not doing anything. If he wants to sort it out, they can come to me. Excuse me. They know that doing that isn't always easy and that sometimes issues contain deep levels of sorrow, hurt, and disappointment, but they know that their God is with them as they seek to, and there are leaders, counsellors, and fellow members who want to help them as much as they can. They know there is no scriptural ground for retaining a wrong attitude, particularly towards a person who has repented. They know that seeking forgiveness and putting right a fault, a fault or an offence is a choice, an act of obedience, an act of humility, and an act of vulnerability. But they also know it's an act that will bring blessing, freedom, companionship, honour and respect, the favour of God and closer and more intimate relationships and so on. They're also, most importantly, really aware of the suffering that Jesus went through so that they could be forgiven. And to remember that actually they haven't just been forgiven because God loves them, they've been forgiven because Jesus died on the cross. That is the only thing that takes away their sins and makes it for us. Sure, it's God's love. They have never forgotten that Mercy was there great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. Their burden, there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Matthew 6.15 says, If you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. 
What you find amongst the CFH community is that doesn't apply because it's not the way they want to live. So because of all this, the question you ask me, the CFUH people are quick to forgive, and I'm proud to be part of it. I thought something was really wrong with Isaac at the end there. I said, this play has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> I said, poor guy. Somebody help him. Everybody was afraid to move, you know. I'm glad you're okay. Just show the, show the last slide really quickly, um, if we can. If we can't, that's okay. But one right before that. Unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison, expecting someone else to die. Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys at the conference you all just went to, that was one of the thoughts that really resonated with the youth. And so when we asked them, hey, do you want to share about anything? That was something that immediately captured them, the picture of that. And so I just appreciate the illustration of what that looks like. So let's give the youth a really big hand. Thanks, guys. In our church family, we walk with integrity. I recently asked a year five and six class, any of you guys in year five or six? Yep. I asked them what integrity meant, and I'm not going to do it to you, but one of the guys said a really great definition. He said it means doing the right thing whether anyone's looking or not. Have you ever played peekaboo with a little kid? When you're out of sight, they think you're gone, and then they get such a surprise when um, you come back, and you can over and over, and they get the same surprise every time. It's quite cool. But then when they get to be a toddler, sometimes they can put their face, a finger, hands over their face, and they think that you can't see them just because they can't see you. Crazy. And then they say boo to you and they think it's such a cool joke. But then what about the little kid who takes the lolly off the cake? Bet you guys have never done that. And um, and mum says, uh, what happened, Jesse, to the lolly? He says, I don't know. And Jesse's the only one that's been in the room and she knows that it's him. And um, he thinks because she hasn't seen him that he's got away with it. So all of these things are how our conscience, our thinking skills start to develop and they form our conscience. Um, And we need to listen to our conscience. Having integrity means listening to our conscience. It means being honest and consistent and reliable. If that cool space Lego toy and nobody's looking, you think, ooh, that would be nice for my collection, but you don't put it in your pocket because you know that's not right. Stealing is not right. If you go, say you're going to be going somewhere, texting someone, ringing someone, you actually do it. It also means that words and actions match up. We behave like we talk. We live by the standards of Jesus. If you don't swear at home, you don't start filthy-mouthing when you're on the rugby field. Our character is going to become our gift back to God. You know what you're getting when you meet someone from CFUH? They have integrity. They sound and act like their father Jesus. Well done, everyone. So isn't this an awesome story? God 
gave Daniel the secret of the dream and helped Daniel and his friends to be, to be promoted too. But what I like most about this story is that Daniel had conviction. He didn't just do this or worry about himself. He didn't do it for himself. He spoke up and he made sure that none of the wise men in the kingdom would be hurt or killed. Daniel knew that when you stand for what's right, you stand up for others. And when you stand up for what's right, others will see God in you. Daniel knew it was wrong for the king to kill all the wise men just because they couldn't interpret his dream. Daniel stood up not just for his friends, but for all the wise men of Babylon. And just like Daniel, we need to take care of the people around us. When we see someone being mistreated, we need to speak up. And we need to stand up for what is right, even when it's not easy. And often it is not easy to stand up for what is right. To coin a phrase, Daniel talked the talk, but he also walked the walk because he was a man of integrity. Well, you, you guys have already taken what I was going to say because I'm doing the last little one today, which is on, we all have a part to play. And I just noticed that I was even colour-coordinated with my little... Um, iPad here today, and do you know one of the coolest things about these things that have just come out, that you're all going to get one, is that they can also be used as a bookmark if you put them in your book and you put just core at the top and have it sticking up above the page. So we all can now put one in our Bible and find where we were reading last or the book that we were reading. So we all have a part to play. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that we're all God's handiwork, his workmanship. We've been created anew in Jesus Christ so that we can go out there and do the good works that he predestined for us to do ahead of time. As I look out amongst you today, I was thinking, what do I see? Do I just see a whole lot of people sitting row by row, all just sitting there looking back at me? Or do I take another look and look at what God sees when he looks out amongst us today? He sees people individual people with a special, unique assignment on their life that only they can fulfill. That little skit up there, they all had a part to play. And if one of them didn't play the part, the whole play wouldn't have come together. So I want to encourage you today that you have a unique, specific assignment on your life. And there are some characteristics about those things. Do you know, we normally don't get that assignment in a public place. It's between us and God that God gives it to us in a quiet place. And we find it. Sometimes it's confirmed amongst in a public place, but normally it's given between us and God, something very, very special. Um, it's also something that that gets confirmed often, as I said, in a, in a public place. And we need to be reminded that... Um, no, no matter what season of life that we're in, that assignment continues to function. So it doesn't matter if you're one of those young kids down there or whether you're one of the older people amongst us. You can go right through your life following that unique assignment that God's put on your life. But you know, that's not the only thing. And let me just get my iPad functioning again. Your mission in life, if you're going to accept it, is to find that assignment and then share that assignment. And share that assignment doesn't mean that you're going to share it um, on the internet, on Twitter or Instagram with a hash or a dash behind it, but you're going to share it 
right beside the person that you're sitting with today. Because God has a local special expression of himself, which is the community of CFUH. And every single one of us needs to be functioning and using our assignment and coming together as a whole so that the community around us can see an expression of God. At CFUH, we acknowledge and value the assignments that God has put on your life as an individual, and we go out there and function together to be an expression of God in the community around us. That's one of our values. So I'm going to I'm going to save the last we had a last little game but it's just illustrating we all have a part to play. You all are very significant and Ben is going to be really excited cuz if you were at Hudson's funeral you heard that Polsons don't do fun. And we were going to try and encourage a Polson to have fun this morning, but Ben Ben took me aside and he said, "Nope. I'm not going to have that, Jesse." But we're running out of time, so I'm just I'm I'm just conscious of that. So it would have been fun so we can all picture Ben having fun and uh and then I think we've made it. But I hope you've been encouraged this morning that this is still very related to our, the passion and the purpose that we all have. And, and these aren't something that we want you to just forget about. That, but, you know, I was thinking, what are New Zealanders known for? Just what are, what are New Zealanders known for? Just yell out a couple of things. Rugby. They definitely are. What else? Number eight wire. What else? Thinking outside the box. LNP. There you go. That's very great. They're named, known for a lot of things, right? At CFUH, we would like to be known for these things, that we highly value people, that we honor others above ourselves. This is my son, by the way, um, that we all have a part to play, that we're quick to forgive. And so can I encourage you to pick up one of these, get a little piece of cake, put this in your Bible. You can flip it this way, and it says core. It has all of the um, the core values on the front. You can put it on your fridge if you just have a little magnet. It might be a good reminder there. Some of you might need to put it on the back door of your the restroom, you know, if that's where you take time to look. But this, we want you to take one of these. There's a piece of cake back there. Um, one piece of cake per person, and adults go first. I'm just kidding. They don't have to go first. The kids are rushing back there. Um, but I just want to really encourage you. Let's seal this time in prayer. But can we celebrate who we are as a family when we come together and recognizing, Archer, don't touch those. Can we recognize that this is so important that we highly value people? So everybody's going to bow their heads and close their eyes, even those that are in line for cake. Jesus, we just thank you so much, Father, for who you are and what you're doing in our midst in this place. Father, we recognize that you are doing a new thing. We recognize that your spirit is alive. Lord, we honor you for all that you are. Jesus, we want to highly value those you've placed in our midst. We want to honor, honor those that have come before us. Father, let us be a people that are so quick to forgive. Let us walk in integrity and recognize the specific call that is so powerful on each life that's represented here. Be they zero, be they a hundred, Father. Lord, we bless your people in the mighty name of Jesus, and we thank you that we have a chance to come together and celebrate with one another. Let us leave in the joy of the Lord today. In your precious, precious name, amen. Amen. So enjoy a little bit of cake, and make sure you guys get a little one of these as well. Bless you guys.